If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Welcome once again to Vacation Rental Success, and this is episode number 29. And and as I'm recording this, the Vacation Rental World Summit is underway. It's uh, an online event. If you haven't heard about it, and if you've been listening to my uh, podcast for the last few months, you'll undoubtedly have heard of the Vacation Rental World Summit, uh, which is a three-day online event that has been the brainchild of Antonio Bortolotti. By the time you listen to this episode, the free online event has now uh, finished. It's passed. So the only way to get hold of it is to go to the link on the show notes. Um, I'll be continuing to put links to the Vacation Rental World Summit because you can still order the full set of training sessions from there. And... I think it's good value at $197. You will get the recordings from all 12 of the session leaders. And certainly um, from the feedback I've been seeing from day one, it's been exceptionally well received. I know there were a couple of little glitches uh, early on in the day with, um, with the video reception and Antonio worked very, very hard to recover that. But um, And I, I haven't seen today's sessions live, but I've been looking at the comments and the feedback that's been coming through, and, and it looks like Antonio has done a fantastic job of not only selecting the presenters, but also just, just getting the right topics, it seems to me, that what people are talking about, what the presenters are talking about, is exactly what people are wanting to hear. One thing that has been missing from, in fact, it's missing from the Vacation Rental World Summit and has been missing from any of my previous episodes is any mention of Airbnb. Now I think about it, it's really remiss of me because Airbnb is huge. It's a massive listing site. When I interviewed uh, Rex Brown, he was talking about his huge success with renting his Melbourne apartment on Airbnb. So I was pretty much intrigued after that and never really got back onto it. But um, a, a week or so back, I had an email from um, a person who not only rents his property extremely successfully on Airbnb, uh, but has also written a book about how to list your property and rent it successfully on that platform. So today I'm talking to Jasper Ribbers, who is from the Netherlands, and he has a property, uh, an apartment in Amsterdam that, uh, that he rents exclusively on Airbnb. Uh, he used to use another platform, but no longer does. Jasper says that he lives a location-independent lifestyle, which means he travels all over the world, operates his business 
from vacation rentals around the world. So he has huge experience of other people's vacation rental homes. And he's taken that experience plus what he's learnt from listing his property on Airbnb uh, into producing his book called Get Paid for Your Pad. I have Jasper here with me today who's going to be talking about not only uh, his book, but we're going to be exploring all sorts of aspects of Airbnb, why it's different from listing on Home Away and the other traditional stuff. We're going to talk about what makes a host special. And we're talking about the fact that Airbnb owners are known more as hosts rather than just property owners and why that is and what responsibility comes with that. Uh, it's a really interesting discussion. So without further ado, let's move into today's interview. Okay, so I'm delighted to have with me today uh, Jasper Ribbers from the Netherlands. And in fact, he's not from the Netherlands today. I'm talking to him in Las Vegas, uh, which is um, which is really lovely because it's hot and sunny there. And here am I back in Ontario. I know we're not in the cold still. Uh, it is warming up, but um, but the rain is coming down yet again. And far be it for me to continue talking about the weather because I know Mike really has a go at me every time I do this. So I'm just going to simply uh, move on and just welcome Jasper today. And uh, he's got here to talk to us about Airbnb, which is something that we haven't really covered much in um, any of the episodes in the past. So I'm delighted to have him explain to us about Airbnb and the differences really between Airbnb and what we're traditionally used to in listing sites such as Flipkey, VRBO, HomeAway and uh, and other such sites. So welcome Jasper and welcome from Las Vegas. Thanks Heather, I'm very excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome and as you said uh, before, hot and sunny over there. It's very, very, very hot. Uh, it's around uh, 100 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a uh, yeah, it can be outside for too long. Okay, so you're in, you're indoor, you're indoors with the air conditioning going then. Exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned to me that you live a location independent lifestyle, which uh, which which sounds delightful. What does that actually mean? Basically, that means that I do not have a home base. I roam around the planet. I just camp out in different places for a few months, and all I really need to run my my business is a internet connection, which is almost available everywhere these days. I think there's a lot more people doing this now. And of course, the whole business of vacation rentals makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Because there's always somewhere to stay. Absolutely. Um, these days, there are a lot of options when it comes to accommodations. It's not just hotels. Um, there's all these these platforms, as you as you know, and Airbnb is, is one of them. And uh, I actually prefer to stay in, in somebody's house versus uh, a hotel. And I, I'm actually staying in an Airbnb listing in Las Vegas right now. Jasper, how did, um, how did you get into this business in the first place? Because you have your own property that you rent out on Airbnb. So tell me what started it all. Yes, Heather. Um, I moved to the US about four years ago and... At first, I rented out my apartment in Amsterdam uh, to long-term renters. So 
six to 12 months usually. And there was a few things that I didn't like about that. First of all, I wasn't very happy with the return that I was making. And secondly, I never had the, the chance to stay in my own house when I, whenever I was back in Amsterdam. So then I, I heard about Airbnb about two years ago, and I just figured if I list this house on Airbnb, then I can just block the agenda, the calendar, uh, for, for the dates that I'm back in Amsterdam so I can stay in my own house. And I, I figured that by being a really good host, I could probably make more money and get a better return on my investment as well. So that's really the reason that I switched from long-term rental to Airbnb. So what made you choose Airbnb to list and not the more conventional um, method of, of perhaps going the home away VRBO flip key route? Well, first of all, I really like the Airbnb model where it's really focused on, on, the, on being like a, a good host. It's really focused on, on making connection between hosts and guests. And it's also, it's also free to list, I think, HomeAway charges uh, homeowners. And it's also just kind of the feel. I got the feel with Airbnb that it's, you know, it's very sort of modern and innovative. HomeAway just seemed a little bit old-fashioned to me, so to speak. And, um, but I did actually list my house on, on, a, on another site as well. Uh, the site is called Windu which is kind of similar to Airbnb. But I, I kind of learned that it's better to list on one website and build like a really strong reputation on that website instead of listing on, on different ones. Um, it's kind of like being a king in a small pond versus being uh, a civilian in a, in a large pond, so to speak. So I'm, I'm curious, when you, when you say it's free to list on Airbnb... How do they get their money? So Airbnb charges between 6 and 12% on the, for, on the guests. So if a guest books a, a one-night stay for $100, he will actually be paying 106 to 112 And Airbnb will take those 6 to $12. And in addition, they, they charge the hosts a 3% fee to cover the credit card costs. Okay, that seems really fair. Uh, I I wasn't aware of that. That um, that's an entirely different model from from the you know the, the traditional listing yep. route. And, yes, you know I certainly appreciate the that three percent cost. I run a rental agency, and um, we we run a large amount of money each year through the credit cards. And uh, yep, that three percent, or it's probably we're paying two 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 point something, really really adds up. So, so Airbnb collects that money on your behalf and then forward it to you? Exactly. The guest pays Airbnb and Airbnb pays the host the day after the check-in. So, so do you ever hear back from guests who, who have any issue about paying um, an additional percentage rate to Airbnb? Not very often. I do get inquiries sometimes to transact off the Airbnb platform where people will send me a message and say, hey, I would love to book your apartment, but why can't we just communicate over email and I'll pay you cash? That way we don't have to pay the Airbnb fees. Mm -hmm. 
But th this is obviously something that uh, is not, you're not allowed to do this as a host on, on Airbnb. And I would also not recommend it to anyone because by transacting off Airbnb, you miss the opportunity to get a positive review. And Airbnb is really built on, on reputation and trust. So the reviews that you get from your clients are very important in building that reputation and improving the long-term sustainability of your business. The other thing that I've noticed on, on Airbnb is that the reviews go both ways. So that, yes. so that um, a guest um, can, will review the property, but you as an owner um, or host are also able to review your guests. Yeah, I really like that system because in the end, I really like my apartment and I like to be able to have an idea of like who's going to be staying in it. And Airbnb allows the host to refuse a booking request with no penalty. So you're really in control of your own listing. You're not forced to accept any, anyone that you don't want to accept into your house. And, and you stay regularly yourself in, uh, in Airbnb uh, apartments and, and homes. So you have that experience too of, of, of having reviews of you. Yes, I do. And, and how, does that, how does that make you feel? If, uh, you know, if, you know, I'm assuming that your reviews are probably all pretty good, but how, 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 how does it feel as a guest to be reviewed by the, uh, the owner of a property you stayed in? Well, I think it really sort of encourages you to take care of the property. You don't want to have somebody write something bad about you, right? So I, th I think it's a really good thing. And yeah, I did get only positive reviews because, I mean, I would never, you know, mistreat somebody else's property in the first place. But, uh, but it's sort of a, a good thing, I think, to just keep everyone, you know, on, on, in check to, to be a good guest and to be a good host as well. Well, it all comes back to, to the whole, the, the model about being, uh, um, about the focus on a relationship. And I'm, I'm interested in, you, you've, you've referred to yourself on a number of occasions so far as being a good host. And, yes. and once again, that's where this, this difference seems to come in between Airbnb and um, traditional listing sites where they'd be referred to just as, as owners. And... Tell, tell me about that. What is it about being a host that is, is different from just being the owner of a home? Yeah, that's, I'm glad you asked, Heather, because I think this is one of the most important things when it comes to hosting on Airbnb. So I don't see the Airbnb hosting as just providing a space for someone. I, I see it as providing somebody with the opportunity to experience a stay in my house, but also in my neighborhood, and an opportunity for me to make sure that person will get the most out of his holiday. And this starts the moment that the guest books my apartment. It starts with the communication. I immediately send all my guests a guidebook with all the information that, that, this, um, that the guest would, would need about my house, but also about the neighborhood, personal recommendations, recommendations for the city, recommendations for things to do outside of the city. And I make sure that the, that the guest feels that I'm taking care of things. Because 
when you think about it, the biggest difference between staying in somebody's house and staying in a hotel is that when you stay in a hotel, you're guaranteed that the hotel's there. There's somebody to welcome you. Your room is there. It's clean. Those are the things you can assume when you, when you check into a hotel. But that's not necessarily the case when you're staying at somebody's house because that depends on whether that person takes his hosting responsibility serious or not. So the first thing I do is I make sure to communicate to my, to my guests that I am there to make sure everything will be perfect for them. And I think that's a very big part of, of the hosting experience. Now, the second thing is once the, the guest arrives, there's a lot of things you, you can do to be a good host. For example, you have to make sure that your house is absolutely spotless. It has to be clean. This is, this is something that's really important for, for guests. They want to stay at a clean place. And also, you can make a lot of amendments to your property to make it sort of perfect for a traveler. You know, you can you remove all your the personal items that your guests won't really use. You can add all sorts of amenities that, you know, that make it nice for a traveler as, as a traveler doesn't have a lot of stuff <clears throat> with him. So I'm thinking like, you know, maybe a hairdryer or uh, all sorts of kit- kitchen appliances, enough towels, blankets, extra sets of keys. You know, <clears throat> all these things you, you, can, you can do to make your guest experience better. So I think those are the those are sort of the main things that you can you can do as a host, and also make sure that during the guest stay, you check in with them regularly and say like, "Hey, is is everything okay? Do you need anything?" You know, let them know that you're happy to help out, and let them know that in, in case there's any issues, they can always contact you. That way, you make the guest feel comfortable, and and that's gonna that's gonna make your guest also write positive reviews for you, which in the end is going to help you build your reputation and attract more guests. When you say you, um, you check in with them regularly, how, how often would you do that? So I check in with them the day that they arrive or the day after. Just shoot them like a quick message and say, hey, have you arrived safely? Is everything okay? Because I don't do the check-ins myself because I'm usually abroad. So I have a person who takes care of my house. I have a person who cleans it and who also welcomes my guests and shows them around the apartment. So I just always make, make it a point to send them a personal message and say, hey, is everything okay? Do you need anything? And, and usually everything is fine. But a few days later, I'll, if I don't hear anything, I'll, I'll usually send them another quick message just to make them feel that they can always just get a hold of me. So I'd say like maybe like two times a week or so. Even though you are, you could be halfway across the world, you're still being a host. You're still offering that, that same sense of hospitality as if you were actually on the ground. Absolutely. I think that this is essential. Um, I give my guests several ways to contact me. And I tell them that I tell them, I give them the time zone that I'm in. So I basically tell them I'm always available unless I'm sleeping. And I think this is really important because in the end, I am the host. It's my listing and it's my responsibility to make sure that my guests have an optimal guest experience. So how do you deal with your... You've, you've got somebody um, going in to see the guests in, um, so a property manager, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. what, what is their brief? What, what, what are they 
What what is their role while you're not in the country? So the main role is that they're the first point of contact when you know when there's some, when there's something wrong, like or and also they have to make sure that the guests will be properly welcomed. So they have to be at the property when the guests arrive, hand over the keys, show around the apartment, you know, give them a little bit of information about the neighborhood and just kind of just welcome them and, and have be a local contact in, in case there's anything. Like let's say a, a light bulb uh, stops working or, or the internet is down or whatsoever. There, there has to be somebody on the ground who can fix that immediately. When you say immediately, because I'm now, I'm now sort of thinking, well, this is this isn't a great great deal of the, the way you're you're working. This isn't a great deal of difference from a hotel. So if somebody mm-hmm. has you know a light bulb go, then they're going to call somebody, and it's a bit like calling down to the front desk, I guess. Exactly, yeah, and I think that's that's what it's, that's why I aim to to strive for to basically offer an almost similar experience to a hotel, but better because. You know, it, it's it's nicer to have a local contact than than just some receptionist who you don't know. Oh, absolutely, right? uh, absolutely. But it's sort of um, it's it's bridging that gap really between the hotel and and the type of vacation rental where where the guests walk in and they don't have any contact with anyone during the week unless something perhaps goes wrong, and then maybe they have to wait for for several hours or or even days. For somebody to come mm-hmm. along and and sort it out, um, so so I find that quite interesting that that bridging of the gap and mm-hmm. really offering another level of of the vacation rental experience. Now, do you believe that? Um, I mean, are you are you the norm in terms of Airbnb hosts? Do you think, or or are you out on a limb as being somebody pretty special that's offering this hosting and hospitality service that maybe that that does go beyond the norm. Yeah, I, I think um, I think there's not very many hosts who take their uh, role as a host to take it this as far as I do. I really made it a point to sort of optimize my my business, and um, you know, a lot of people who are in Airbnb are not doing this sort of full time. You know, they might be renting out a place for for a couple of weeks when they're on holiday, or maybe they're renting out a spare room. And they kind of see it as more of a of a side gig, mm-hmm. where where I really focus on it and you know actually make this my main business. And that's also the reason why I wrote my book because I just saw how much opportunity there is for other hosts to improve. And you know, it's it's they could be making more money with it, but it's not just but just about that. It's also about creating a better guest experience and when guests have a better experience they will be more inclined to come back to airbnb and so i'm I'm just a big fan of the whole airbnb model so you know so i really want to promote it and i want to teach people how to be a good host and you know how to and also how to be more successful with their airbnb business and those things those are those go along with each other well, that's a perfect segue into into your book, and this is um, "Get Paid for Your Pad," which is going to be released next week. That's correct. Yeah. Tell me, tell us about that. What uh, What's in the book? What uh, What are people going to find that they're not going to find elsewhere? Okay, so let me first tell you 
how I went about writing this book. I basically read every single resource that's out there on Airbnb. I read every book. I read all sorts of articles on the web. And I combined that with my own experience to create an all-encompassing guide that basically gives you everything you need to know to run your listing exactly how I do it. So it and, and not just that, it it contains all the advice and, and and stuff like that, but also countless examples. I give you all the templates that I use, like for emails and communication with my guests. It comes with my personal guidebook that I wrote about my property and about my neighborhood. So it's really meant for somebody who either wants to start out in Airbnb and just wants to do a good job from the, from the get-go, or for current Airbnb hosts who want to increase their revenue or increase their guest experience, or even for people who are, list, who are currently listing their properties on other platforms. And so it's, it's, really, uh, it's really an all-encompassing guide to everything you need to know to be successful in Airbnb. So if, if somebody had never used Airbnb before, they could pick up the book and, and uh, just, just take all the advice and recommendations in there and be up and listing in a, uh, a very successful rate in a short space of time? Absolutely. Well, that sounds that sounds pretty good, and I'm going to be looking forward to that coming out. And I'm going to, of course, put a link to to Jasper's uh, listing and and anything else he's going to give me to link to. Uh, that'll be on the show notes uh, at the uh, on cottageblogger.com. So, in your book, Jasper, do you cover things like how you deal with unhappy guests? Because I mentioned that because I, you know, as I say, I run an agency and we have, we, we manage over 200 properties. So we deal on occasion. I don't like to think it's too many occasions, but of course with, um, you know, it's like today we have over 60 families in properties just for this weekend. And, mm-hmm. and there have been a couple of, um, a couple of minor issues. One of the things is that, you know, the, the weather's not very good at the moment and people tend to, um, when the weather's not good, they're looking for someone to blame and they tend to be most unhappiest when um, it's not great outside. They can't get out and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and explore. Do you have right. any, any special tips or techniques that you use for dealing with, with those occasional unhappy customers? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this because I think this is an important subject. Well, let me first of all distinguish between Factors that are in your control as a host and factors that are not in control as a host. So I was talking earlier about the communication. If you communicate well with your guests and you show your guests that you are doing everything you can to make their stay as comfortable as possible, they are very unlikely to complain about something that's not in your control. Does that make, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's why I said like the communication and making sure they, they are properly welcomed, that's half the battle because that make, will make your guests be very forgiving about things that are not in your control. Now, the second thing, there's things that are in your control. And if you, if you take all the advice that I give in my book, then really the guests shouldn't be 
shouldn't be very many guests unhappy. Um, one thing that's very important is that when you create your listing, you do not overstate your, you do not make your property look nicer than it really is. Because guests will base their expectations on, on what you tell them and on the pictures. So be very realistic. If, you're, if your internet connection isn't that great, don't tell your guests that you have a high-speed internet connection. This actually happened to me. For me, internet is very important because all my business is based on it. So I rented this property in Bali and the host told me he had a high-speed connection. And when I got there, it turned out I wasn't even able to make a Skype call. So it's very important to set ex realistic expectations. And if anything, you might even want to downplay it a little bit because then people are going to be really happy. The last thing I wanted to mention, if you do get complaints from guests, I think it's really important to take, the, take it very serious. Don't take it personal and you know, just apologize in the end. Even if you think it's unreasonable, and I've actually had some people in my house who came up with a few things that I thought was very unreasonable. But in the end, it's my responsibility to make sure that my guests have a, an optimal guest experience. And if, it, if that's not the case, for whatever reason, it's not my job to judge that. It's my job to make sure my guests have a great time. right? So I take that very serious, and I let them know, that I will do everything I can to, to improve my listing. And I, I've offered people their money back as well to go stay in a hotel. It's only actually happened one time, to be honest. But, you know, that, few, that, that cost me a few hundred dollars. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to take somebody's money if, he, if that person is not satisfied with my apartment. You know, and, and that's, my, that's my view on this. And if you do get a bad review... I think it's very important to respond in an appropriate manner because on Airbnb, as a host, you can always respond mm -hmm. to any review that a guest leaves you. And you know what? One thing that's really interesting if you have a wide range of very positive reviews and you get one bad review and you respond to it appropriately by saying, by apologizing, by saying you're working on it, and you've actually made some improvements, and you're thanking the guests for their for the feedback, that can actually increase your reputation, I think, because it shows that you care. So by getting a bad review, you actually get the opportunity to show, show your personality, show that you're, you know, you take that serious and that you care about your guest experience. I've I've had similar experiences and and certainly with um like like you I'm a user I'm a customer of other people's vacation homes and when looking at reviews I'm I quite like to see the occasional negative review and to see that the response that the owner has made because if you just mm -hmm. if you just see dozens and dozens of of wonderful reviews you're not getting a flavor of what's going to happen if something goes wrong. So it's quite good yep. to see that uh, that something did go wrong for somebody and the owner came back and said, I appreciate it. things weren't as as expected. This is what I've done. This is what I've changed for the future. And this is how I'm handling mm. it. And and absolutely. you're absolutely right. It um, It just confirms to me that that would probably be the place I want to go to because, it sh as you just said, it shows the owner cares. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And people know that there's, there's always people who are going to be unhappy about something, right? People know that. So they're not really going to 
gonna punish you for just if it's just one or two bad reviews combined with a lot of positive ones. Yes, absolutely. You you stay at you said you stay at numerous vacation homes yourself uh, yeah. in your location independent lifestyle. So, what do you learn from other f- f- from those experiences? What do you learn from staying at other people's places? Well, what I learn from it is I can put myself in the perspective of of a guest in the shoes of my guests because I know what I what's important to me when I arrive at the property and. Every time I, I stay in an Airbnb house, I sort of write down like, hey, what are the things I'm missing here? Like, what are the things, what are the issues that I, that I encounter? And I make sure to write them down and check that my listing doesn't have those issues. Or, and, and, you know, it's these, these could be small things. Like, for example, one time I stayed somewhere and I, I bought some bread and it, it got a little old. So I wanted to toast it and there was no toaster. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, hey, hold on a second. Do I have a toaster? And then I thought, no, I don't. What if my guests want a toaster, Brad? You know, and that's that's just these are small things, but a toaster only costs like ten dollars. You know, if if that makes one guest happy that he can he can toast his bread in the morning, then that's totally worth it. Yes, I I fully agree. I'm a Brit, so we have to have tea. <laughs> so right. so everywhere I go, the first thing that I look for in a kitchen is the kettle, and it's exactly. in, it's interesting. The last two places I've stayed in. And they're both in the Bahamas, and neither of them had had a kettle. And we immediately went out and bought one, yeah. and that was our gift to the house. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, they, they, there you go. I've actually included a very extensive list of items that, kind of like a checklist for for hosts to check that they have all these like different things, you know, and just like hair dryer, coffee machine, teapot, you know, all the, all those kind of things that people might want. So. I've included that in the book as well. Excellent. So what do you think makes a, a property special? What can owners do to go above and and beyond uh, to maybe to encourage that five-star review? Well, there's, uh, there's, I, I see it as there's a, some basic things that I think every host should be doing. And then there's a lot of things you can do to if you want to go the extra mile. For example, you could leave your guests with a local SIM card, or you could you could leave your guests with a a, a card for local transportation. You can you can get like you know these little shampoo bottles and stuff that you find in hotels. Mm-hmm. You can leave those for your guests. Um, you can leave them. A, you can put a little, a little refreshment package in the, in the fridge, like a couple of drinks and maybe some fruit. You know, there's there's a lot of things that you can do, and just imagine that you're new in your in your city. Just imagine that you walk into your house and you've never been in your city, and and just like sort of think about like, hey, what would I need if I would arrive here? Like, what's what's useful? You know, think about like, what do people want to do in your neighborhood? Can you give them something that will help them? Maybe a bike, like Amsterdam, for example. You know, people love to bike. I don't have a place to store its bikes, but for example, I I include in my guidebook. I say, hey, you know, there's a, just a few a few blocks away. There's a really good bike rental shop, you know, and that's where you can get your bikes. It's it's just like imagining you're a guest and then thinking about what you would want and then providing that. That that is really important, and and it's. Sadly, it's something that we don't see as being 
uh, as being the norm. Uh, I often talk to owners and no. they have never had the experience of being a guest. And I think it's really tough right. to to understand what your guests are going to experience if you haven't experienced it yourself. Um, let's move on to uh, just a couple of other questions I had for you. And one was about um, a, a pricing strategy. You know, how, how do you go about, if, if you're just going in to start renting your property on Airbnb, would you just sort of trawl through other properties in the area and see what's what what they're going for? How do you, how do you know what to charge if you haven't got anything that's comparable in the mm-hmm. area? Right, that's a good question. I would look at the other listings in your neighborhood, like you said. I would also look at the hotel prices. So that's what that's basically the alternative for people renting on Airbnb. And then I would also look at the variations in demand throughout the year. Like, if your place is in a business district, then you're probably going to have more demand during the week versus if you're in a more, like, touristy area, you probably have more demand in the weekends. So you want to price it accordingly. You also want to look at, like, the high season and low season. You know, and a good place to find that is, like, you go to the local tourism board and the website, and you, you can usually find statistics, like visitor statistics. So that will give you a good idea, like, hey, what, which months are popular in, in my city, right? And then you want to look at special dates, like Christmas, New Year's, and even special dates that are only relevant to your location. Like, is there maybe like a big conference sometime, or is there a big music festival? Like, those times, your, your, your property will be in higher demand as well. And the next thing is, I always recommend people who start out to price significantly lower than their competitors because Airbnb is really about reputation. You need to build your reputation first before you can really rake in a lot of bookings. So in the short term, don't worry about, don't worry about making too much money. Just worry about like learning how to be a good host, getting as many guests as you can get, and build your reputation because that's basically what's going to provide you with a long-term sustainable and viable Airbnb business. Those are very good uh, good suggestions, particularly that one of, of pricing lower to start with and the importance of just building the reputation and getting the reviews um, to start with. Uh, I've, I've seen a couple of people who've been doing this on, on HomeAway and once they start building all those reviews then there that's the time to start raising the price because then the demand that the demand is there so uh so it, it it's just a very good technique but i i, I do talk to a, a number of owners and in fact uh, many of the owners that i interview before we list them on our own agency site i suggest that to and say well let's start at a nice reasonable rate and let's build up some reviews and i often get mm-hmm. the well no no i want i want I want to start out at the at the higher rate because I want more money. And yep. it's interesting to watch that property sit there empty and not get the bookings because there are no reviews. And it's we we, mm-hmm. we just we talk about the you know, it's the restaurant phenomena. If you've got two restaurants side by side, one that's one that's got a full car park and one that's got an empty car park, which one are you gonna to want to go to? Exactly. And the, the the one with the empty car park, you might get somebody 
come in, but it's going to take a while before it it, uh, it really begins to book up. It's a very interesting point you make. I wish uh, I wish I could. Uh, ex- in fact, I probably will try and explain it in the way that you have just done to uh, to, <laughs> to my to some of my owners because uh, it's by far the best technique to follow. Um, Absolutely. And you know, I was I was I've been to- I was talking to Matt Landau. Um, a while back, Matt um, writes extensively on marketing vacation rentals, and we were talking about reviews and the fact that six or seven years ago, when uh, maybe maybe a little longer time does go past fast, uh, when Flipkey came into existence and started with um, with reviews, and it was about the, shortly after that Home Away did, and there was a massive outcry about potential for guests to be able to post live reviews that couldn't be vetted by the owners. And mm-hmm. and I remember those arguments and it went backwards and forwards and how dare they uh, allow these, these reviews to be posted. And of course now, you know, fast forward six or seven years, it's absolutely expected. I can't absolutely. imagine people wanting to book something that, where, that that doesn't have reviews, or if they if it doesn't have reviews, if it's new, then they're going to be far more tentative about doing so. Absolutely, the re, the review system is very important um, for for Airbnb, but I'm sure also for all the other sites. Yes, absolutely. So so coming back on to, to the the whole Airbnb model, how do you think it does stand up against um, the big boys, the HomeAway, the VRBO, FlipKey? What what do you think is the essential difference, and why why would homeowners want to list with Airbnb rather than um, the more traditional sites? And second question, maybe you want to to give a separate answer to this one: is country versus city? Is Airbnb appropriate for more for for more country properties um, rather than the city ones? Okay, so first of all, um, you mentioned that. The RBO and HomeAway are sort of the the larger ones, but I actually think I don't know. Do you know how many listings HomeAway and VRBO have? Because because Airbnb has grown so fast, they have about six hundred thousand listings right now. Yes, I think I think HomeAway is sort of bordering the million. Okay, I I think because I'm coming from that that traditional background of of HomeAway is all there is that right. uh, like like many many owners we've. We've not really um, noticed that Airbnb has crept up and has, is is really taking this uh, large portion of the space. Yes, yeah, it's it's growing very fast. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to actually be the biggest one in in one or two years from now. But what I what I like about Airbnb is what we talked about before. It's like the it's like being a host versus providing someone with a property and you know i've actually never listed on home away but i don't like the fact that they make the host pay to sign up and i i looked at the website and i just didn't i just got a little bit of an Mm old-fashioned sort of feel for it i just i love to sort of look at the future and i think hey what what do i think it's going to be big like three to five years from now and that's kind of what i want to go with and i feel like airbnb has the sort of the strategy and the people and the mindset of creating something that will be dynamic. They, will, they come up with so many new features and, and, and pilots, like they're doing a pilot right now in San Francisco where 
hosts can also offer meals to their guests for, for an extra fee and, and even can, can use their properties to offer meals to people outside. You know, and it's, um, and, and the other thing is it's, it's very user friendly. It's very sort of modern. Like it's really in line with what sort of most websites look like these days. Um, it has a really good uh, iPhone application as well. So I just feel like they're very well positioned to to become sort of the the norm and the and the leader in the in the vacation and rental and peer to peer rental business in the future. And that's that's the main reason that I want to be on Airbnb. And that's why I stopped listing on any other sites. Okay. And what about the uh, that second question there about um, country versus city? Because I think when yeah. I talk to people, they say, oh, Airbnb is just, you know, if, if you're in a city, does it have as much relevance to, to the, let, let's say, you know, I, I have a property that's um, a, a, a country cottage on a river. It's 45 minutes from the nearest town. Well, you know, I, I list in, in a city, so I don't have experience listing in a sort of remote place. But I, I don't, I wouldn't know a reason why it wouldn't mm-hmm. be successful in rural sites. Like I've, I have rented Airbnb places in more, more like remote locations. But I guess the one thing that I'll say is, for Air, for the Airbnb experience to be optimal, there should be someone around. So. Let's say you have a house like an hour away or two hours away from the city and, and you're staying in the city and you don't have anyone at the lo- you know, on location to, to help out if there's anything, if there's any issues or to, you know, to, just, uh, to just be a local sort of contact, then I guess that would uh, sort of take the, the whole, it would be a little bit less suitable for Airbnb, but I still think that Airbnb just provides so many advantages over the other sites that, you know, it, it would still, in my eyes, it would still be better to list on Airbnb than any other site. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you've given us a great insight into into Airbnb. And, you know, while we've been talking, I've been sort of flicking around the website and I haven't really haven't spent the time looking at it. And I really would suggest that anyone <sighs> listening takes that time to go onto Airbnb. I've just... Um, I've just come across a uh, a section on stories which talks about different hosts in different places mm-hmm. and uh, and yep. it looks really really interesting it's it's something that um that I haven't seen before and the other thing before we before we finish here I just wanted to mention that I found um quite powerful on your own listing was the about page and most listing sites have an about section but very few people actually take the trouble to tell their own story. And you clearly think that that's important to do. Absolutely. Um, it's, I think it's very important to, it's, it's kind of like building a little relationship with your guests before he even arrives in your property. So the guests will know, know who he's, he's staying with. Like, what does this person look like? What, what does this person do? What are his hobbies? What are his interests? You know, it gives you an opportunity to sort of make a little bit of a connection with the guest before he arrives. And, I, yeah, I think that's completely in line with the whole Airbnb experience. Yeah, it's, it certainly went, when I went to look at your listing and there's your picture, there's a video profile, there's more about you. And it certainly made it, it, made it, 
if I was looking to go to Amsterdam, I wouldn't want to stay in a hotel. And I think, you know, your apartment looks fantastic. And, you know, you look like a, a pretty nice guy. And I think that I, I would feel comfortable in this space. So uh, so that that's that's certainly something I'm I, I push a lot for anybody who's listening. It doesn't matter what site you're listing on, whether it is HomeAway or Airbnb, is to make sure that you have that about us section really, really prominent. Jasper, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I want to just turn it over to you so that you can uh, say a little bit more about the book, how people can get hold of it, and um, and anything else you'd like to say. Yeah, well, first of all, again, thanks, Heather, for having me in the show. I really appreciate it and I enjoyed our talk. Um, if people want to know more about the book, I recommend they go to getpaidforyourpad.com and I know it's going to be in the show notes uh, people will, will be able to fill in their email address and we will send them an email with all the information about when the book is coming out and how they're going to be able to purchase it and also what the extra bonuses are that we've included in the book and um, that's really it. Like it's, uh, I'm, I'm confident it's the best resource available on, on Airbnb. And I actually think it will be very useful resource for anyone who rents out their house. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Well, I, I, I certainly will check it out. You know, I'd encourage anybody who's listening who has questions about uh, Airbnb to to write any questions um, in the comments section under the show notes. And uh, when they come in, I will forward them to Jasper so he can uh, come along and answer them. I'm sure you'll do that, won't you? Absolutely. I'm more than happy to answer any questions your listeners might have. Excellent, Jasper. It's been an absolute, as I say, a pleasure talking with you. Carry on and enjoy that uh, Las Vegas sunshine and good luck with the book. Thanks very much, Heather. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you would agree with me that that was a really interesting exploration into Airbnb. And I don't, you know, are you like me? Are you, do you just not have, have that much of a handle on what it was about because there were a couple of things that Jasper said that um, I, you know I hadn't realized I love that that payment model the fact that you don't pay for your listing you just pay Airbnb three percent for um, managing the credit card transaction and Airbnb gets the rest of its um, money from the guests so that seems to me pretty much a win-win for any owner who is wanting to rent their property and perhaps for some of those of you out there that are railing against the activities of of HomeAway and VRBO and FlipKey, the commission models, all the different methods they now have of um, collecting money from you. Um, I don't know. I I don't have the experience really of of either because I don't rent my own properties on anywhere other than my uh, my own agency site. So I'm going to take it from you to go into the comments section. Let us know what you think about this. Let us know if you are an Airbnb host. Uh, comment on anything that uh, that Jason shared with us. 
you know, the, the this whole aspect of, of hosting and hospitality. And I know that that the majority of my listeners take their their responsibilities as a host very, very seriously. But just wonder, you know, is when we talked about bridging the gap between the hotel and the conventional vacation rental, is this a, a sort of model that's going to become even more popular? And and are we moving to the stage where the big conventional listing sites are going to be more vehicles for property managers to be listing their properties rather than individual owners. So uh, I'll be really interested to hear what you have to say. I think um, we could spark off quite a discussion on this. As ever, if you have enjoyed this episode and if you'd like to um, comment on it and leave a review on iTunes for me, I'd be really delighted if you would do so. And you'll find the link to iTunes on the show notes at cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS029. So go along there. Please leave us a comment as well. I will, of course, put uh, the links to Jasper's listing and the Get Paid for Your Pad uh, site uh, in the show notes. So you can go and check that out too. Um, Personally, I'm going to go take a look, take a look at the book and take a closer look at Airbnb because um, it's, it's, it's something that I just haven't done and I think it's about time I spent a bit, of a bit more time looking at it. So for now, thank you once again for listening, uh, for taking the time to stay with us and listen to this episode of Vacation Rental Success and I'll look forward to to being with you again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.